Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. It's going down right here. Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, taking you down this hour. All these Week 15, can you believe it? It is Week 15 matchups. What you need to know from a fantasy and a gambling perspective as I said before, I got El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle with me. Thanks to everybody for listening to FST for the next hour. Scotty, how you feeling, brother? Feeling good. You know, getting ready for these fantasy playoffs. Absolutely. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive into some of these games, Scotty, and we'll also cover some of the news and notes that you need to know to do just like Scotty said, get ready for the fantasy playoffs. The one and two seeds in a lot of leagues, if you had buys, those big boys who have been dominant all season long are in action. We discussed it last hour, Scott. If you get a buy, if you've been winning all season long, you win something like 11 and two or something, you get a buy, and then, you know, it's fantasy. On any given Sunday, things can happen. Your opponent can blow up for 50 points for some random dude, a la Derrick Henry. Your guys can get banged up. Anything can happen. But as we talked about it last hour, Scott, for the teams that are the ones and two seeds have been rolling along all season long. Some of them are going to lose this weekend, ending their season. It really is a hollow feeling. Yeah, it is. Uh, But, you know, you can't sit here and worry about the other team. You can only worry about what you can control. Set your best lineup. You know, football's full of spontaneous execution that's very unpredictable, as we saw in Miami last week. So, uh, you know, just it's almost like that Tony Romo commercial. It's like, uh, you know, where the guy calls him up and right. uh, needs help with his fantasy team. And he says, and he's like, okay, Go sit, sit on the down and watch a the game, okay? <laughs> You're doing it. You know, it's like, right. Tony's right. Yep, that's about all we can do. So let's give the people a little bit of help to do just that. Set their best lineup. Scotty, Melvin Gordon returned to practice for the Los Angeles Chargers yesterday. We know Austin Eckler is likely out. Everybody loves the new shiny toy that's Justin Jackson. How are you playing this uh, Chargers running back situation? Is it as simple as if Gordon is active, you run him right back in your lineups? If he's not, then Jackson is a volume-based play? Uh, look, if Gordon starts, you start him. If he doesn't, then you use Jackson. I, I think it's as simple as that. Okay, so it sounds like you're reiterating and agreeing with what I'm saying. So that sounds perfect. Like, that's the way you play it. What about on the other side, you know, guys like Tariq Hill, Spencer Ware? How are you playing those guys? Well, check out Inside Injuries on rotoexperts.com this morning. You know, they got a really good breakdown of both of these guys. We'll have an even more complete breakdown for them today on Hill. With Hill, it looks like he's going to play. He was limited at practice yesterday. Uh, you know, the heel is a different injury than some of these other lower body or foot injuries that you might talk about because it doesn't affect running and cutting, of course, to get inside injuries. It does affect landing and deceleration, but he should be able to play through it. Uh, so you got to start Tariq Hill. As far as uh, Spencer Ware, you have to be seriously concerned, according to inside injuries. 
the shoulder's one thing, but the hamstring is another big concern. And he didn't practice yesterday. It's realistic that Damian, Damian Williams could be the lead running back for the Chiefs on Thursday night. Yeah, this is a huge game on Thursday night. The winner of this game will be the one seed in the AFC when we wake up on Monday morning. All right, listen, this is a Wednesday, Scott, right? So we know we're going to get a lot of practice reports and a lot of questionable tags, and we'll figure that out because that's a baseline. But I do want to say one thing that has been decided. The Philadelphia Eagles sent Corey Clement to IR. You know, you've been on Josh Adams as that main ball carrier, but I'm wondering, you know, a name I've brought up a lot has been Darren Sproles, and I I wonder if this is a boost to him in PPR formats. Corey Clement going to IR, he had some role with this team in their offense. So where does that now go? Uh, Corey Clement really was like an afterthought in this offense. Uh, I do think it gives Sproles more reps, but not to the point that you want to use him in fantasy. Josh, Josh Adams is still the main ball carrier. If they fall behind, you'll see more of Sproles, but you can't count on that. Sproles is just... You know, he's 35 years old. He's missed a ton of time. Uh, he's come back looking okay, but you weren't even able to depend on Sproles fantasy-wise before he got hurt. Okay, let me ask you this. I want to push you on one of these because I'm a little bit higher on Sproles. You mentioned that in the passing game and that sort of stuff if they get behind. They're playing the Rams on the road, Scotty. So, like, what if I expect kind of one of these higher-scoring games? Doesn't that game script kind of profile in Sproles' favor? It does, but probably not not enough to use him in fantasy. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. probably give you either or with a lot of running backs. You know, if you were doing rankings, I don't think you could put Sproles in your top thirty five or forty this week. Not necessarily, Scott, but I do think that maybe he pro- he uh, provides a value in DFS, for example. That's fair, but see, you know, I'm talking seasonal by default, and right. there's no way I'm using Darren Sproles in my fantasy quarterfinals. No, I, I agree DFS? with you. I'm just saying. DFS, sure. That's, that could be a difference maker that wins you a tournament. I'm right. Totally that's that's what I'm saying. You there. Yeah. So I just want to make sure we're talking about in all scenarios. You know, it's not only in these season longs where I agree with and you. And again, he may not again, you, to you, be. You cannot assume and depend on game flow because right. you know, look at last week. Everybody was expecting the Chargers to be up and, you know, Justin Jackson to get a lot of garbage time carries. It's You can't always predict game flow. Yeah, no, I hear you. I just, I just want to make the point and be clear that at this point in most kind of season-long leagues, Scotty, uh, four out of the 12 teams are still live. You know what I mean? Right. So two-thirds of people may be in listening instead of for season long. They may be hunting for DFS values, you know, listening to fantasy sports today. So I do want to keep that global perspective. For an, another example, in talking about DFS, we talked about another potential value um, – last hour and Scott that's Dalvin Cook because the news is that the Vikings after their performance on Monday night have turned around and fired offensive coordinator John DiFilippo we've been talking about what the impact could be we're seeing teams double team Thielen and Diggs over the last couple of weeks might and we're thinking the response from the Vikings offensively may be to run the ball a little bit more and we think that could represent a little bit of a value for Dalvin Cook yeah you saw Seattle last week with their bandit package it was you know, using extra defensive backs and doubling Stefan Diggs and doubling Adam Thielen. And the Vikings could have responded by leading a lot more on Dalvin Cook, but they didn't. Uh, and he looked explosive at times running the ball. Uh, I think you have to set up more offensive balance, run the ball more, 
to uh, you know to basically take pressure off of Kirk Cousins, and also you know Cooks Cooks very dynamic in the receiving game, and you know that also helps the receivers because you got to if defenses have to start worrying about you know flattened swing passes to Dalvin Cook, that right. only helps the wide receivers. So yeah, I think you could see Dalvin Cook get a boost here. Yep, I completely agree with that. I think Dalvin Cook could be a value uh, moving forward because I also not for nothing, Scotty. I just expect a different kind of game script than the, the than what they were playing against Seattle. You know that Seattle defense was punching them in the mouth repeatedly on Monday night, and I'm just not as sure if uh, Miami is equipped to kind of do the same thing. If you feel me on that. no so defensively, defensively they're not. You know right. they're like 25th against. Uh, posing fantasy running backs in in points per game, uh, you know they 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 don't have, you know they don't have a middle linebacker like Bobby Wagner. Obviously, right. their defensive line is not as good, so you know they're certainly not equipped. They will come to play though, and uh, there's an opportunity for both teams to score points here. All right, we'll check in on that as we go throughout the week. Another game I want to talk to you about, Baltimore Ravens at home, eight-point favorites against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Scotty, let me ask you something about these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I've been telling you for a while that, you know, their offense creates some fantasy opportunity because their defense puts them in shootouts so many times. But here's my question. What Tampa Bay receiver uh, do you trust right now? Okay, yeah, there's Mike Evans, but look at this stat line. Last week, and I'm saying it because I started him in a matchup where I lost in the Greenwich Street Tavern League. Scott, Chris Godwin, one catch for 13 yards, but ready for this? On 10 targets. Scott, that's crazy. And what does that mean moving forward? Do we have Scotty? Do we have Scotty? It sounds you like can't, you can't. Here I am. You can't trust. You can't trust any of these wide receivers, and that's because including Evans. Yeah, well, you, it's hard to bench him though. You can't consider him a wide receiver one with the way that he he's been playing. But uh, you know, you'll still take him for the potential of a big game in any given week over a lot of other fantasy wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes. You know that said, uh, you know the problem to me. You know, watching watching him play comprehensively. Uh, recently is Jameis Winston. I know he's got a 64.8 completion percentage, but watching him, watching him recently, you know this guy, his accuracy is all over the place. You know his ball placement is not good. He makes the right read, but then he doesn't always put the, put the football in the right spot. You know, at least that was evidence evident last week when he had a 47.4 completion percentage. It was better better against Carolina and San Francisco and and the Giants, but then he didn't look so good in Cincinnati. Uh, The accuracy was just all over the place last week. That's a big reason why Godwin uh, only had one catch, because Godwin had a few drops, but then there were a lot of times where Winston just overshot him. You know, there was... This was not a not a friendly defensive matchup. The Saints are been underrated in terms of defense they're playing. So you know, with Winston, to me, he's erratic, uh, and I think he's a little bit overrated. Uh, and I think that's the issue there. I trace it back to the quarterback. Fair enough. And if you thought last week was not a great defensive matchup, it's certainly not a good one this week going to Baltimore either. Let me ask you about one more Tampa Bay Buccaneer. It's tight end Cameron Brait, making America braid again. Now, Scotty, we've been saying it all season long, right? Unless you have one of these top, like, 
I'll say four or five guys, you know, down to say like the Ebron level. It's really a crapshoot, and it's about a touchdown, you know, and and sort of making that making that start viable for you. And that's one thing that Cameron Braid does. He has three touchdowns in his last three games. Him and Jameis do have some kind of red zone chemistry. Are you, in essence, comfortable, like, you know, banking that Braid gets in the end zone again this week? Uh, well, the Ravens are 25th against opposing tight ends, but they and they've allowed touchdown passes to tight ends in their last four games. So, uh, if there's going to be one touchdown pass from Jameis Winston, it could very well go to Cameron Braid this week. How would you bet that prop bet? Will Cameron Braid score a touchdown? Would you bet yes on that on that prop? I'll bet yes. Mm, cool. On the other side of things, on Baltimore, I think we know. Well. To be honest, we don't. I mean, we know that, I mean, at least me, I'm avoiding these pass catchers. I'm avoiding these tight ends. I think we know what Lamar Jackson is. We know that Gus Edwards is viable, and that's about it, right? Do we know anything, Scott, about if, if like, the Ravens are going to become a college team and have Joe Flacco in for some drives and Lamar in for others? Do we know how that's going to happen, or is has that ship sailed? Is Lamar now the starting quarterback and Joe Flacco is the backup? There's still, it seems like, hiding behind a Joe Flacco hip injury. I, I I really don't see, you know, where Joe Flacco fits here, and people right. have been talking about it for weeks. Joe Flacco didn't play well before he got replaced, so why are we worried about Joe Flacco? Lamar Jackson's more dynamic, the team's 3-1 and one under him, uh, so all this Joe Flacco talk, I think, is to distract the opponent. Okay, but at the same time, Scotty, let's say you have Gus Edwards, right? Now, if Lamar Jackson is playing and starting, like, I love me some Gus Edwards, right? Because we've seen it. They run, like, 40 times in that scenario. If Joe Flacco is even under center in some kind of weird hybrid thing or for some drives here and there, doesn't that completely, like, because with Flacco, they'll throw the ball more. Doesn't that kind of change your view on someone like Gus Edwards? This is this is not Joe Flacco from five six years ago. I understand. I'm just it's, saying they're going to throw the ball more with him under center. That's all. I'm not saying really? it's effective. Really, yeah. we, we don't we don't know that Joe Flacco was. What do you mean? In, ineffective and mediocre for most of the year before. I'm he talking got about hurt. just volume, though, Scott. I'm not talking about effectiveness. I'm talking about volume. If Joe Flacco was their quarterback, they throw the ball more than if Lamar Jackson is. Like that's just yeah, but true. but but how, well, that's because you know Lamar Jackson is so like you know slanted. Like it's, yes, it's. And that's you what know, I'm saying. He, and that's he runs impact. the ball most of the time, but he does throw it. He does throw it occasionally too. And Flacco's not going to get in there enough to make a difference in the overall scheme of things. This whole Jacko Joe Flacco thing is overblown. I understand. All I'm saying is that I think it impacts the amount of carries that a guy like Gus Edwards. Why did he get two less? He get two less. Maybe. How much you gonna see Joe Flacco? True. I don't know. We don't know. That's why I'm saying, like, is there risk? Is there any threat there? Does that does that hurt Gus Edwards' kind of like stability in that role? No, the one thing that hurts Gus Edwards is Kenneth Dixon, not Joe Flacco. All right. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Do we have any kind of declarative statements on how they're treating the quarterback position? They haven't come out and said it. All anything, I saw right? is all I saw is that they're expecting He'll be a part of the Jack, game plan Jackson something to like start. That? But you know, Joe Joe Flacco like was veering towards losing the job anyway before he got injured. It's you know what what, what are you really going to do to a defense by bringing Joe Flacco in? Are you going to scare him anymore? It's you know they 
this whole Joe Flack, it's a it's a non-story. It's it, okay. to, to me, it's a non-story. What do they bring him in for five, six snaps? Doesn't make a difference. I, I I don't know, and that's the thing. But and because I don't, I'm not know, I'm not worried about it. I think it may create some doubt in how some of these other people are deployed. But that's why they play the for, games. For me, it, like for Tony me, it Romo, you're going to sit on the couch and watch, and we'll talk for, about for it. For me, on it Monday. doesn't create any doubt. I right. think it. It is what it is. Okay, we shall Unless see. Unless I get a report that Joe Flacco is going to start and share the snaps, which I haven't seen anything. That is what Harbaugh you know, said. Harbaugh said Joe Flacco will be involved and will be part of the game plan and will play. So, what, see him in for four or five snaps? But that's what I'm saying. I, we don't know. that. Therein lies the uncertainty. <laughs> that's the whole point. The uncertainty. Joe Flacco could still hand the ball off, you know. He could. You're absolutely right, but all of these things are unknowns. And in the same way, Scott, when I ask you about injuries and you're like, we don't know the answer, this is another situation where we don't know the answer. And that uncertainty is not something fantasy owners want to deal with going into their semifinals. I'm not downgrading Gus Edwards in my ranking because Joe Flacco might play. Joe Flacco can still hand the ball off. They're still playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so it doesn't concern me whatsoever. All right. Um, who do you like on these Dallas Cowboys? Because they're going to the Indianapolis Colts in a battle of two teams that need this game for different reasons, whether it's seeding or to try to get in in the Colts case in the AFC. On Dallas, is this pretty much set? We know Zeke is an RB1. Amari Cooper is sort of ascending to a must start every week. My question is with Dak. Dak has sort of evolved since, the, uh, uh, since Amari Cooper as well. He's been playing better recently, or at least the numbers would dictate that. Are you, gonna, uh, are you putting in Dak in two quarterback leagues? Like, where is he in your kind of uh, pantheon? Like, say, compare Dak with a guy like Josh Allen. I think this might be the lowest score game. Indianapolis has actually played pretty good on defense. Yeah. I was impressed how they defended Deshaun Watson uh, last week. They're 15th against opposing quarterbacks, and uh, recently they've – They've played better. You know, they played well against him. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, they played well against Mariota. Uh, you know, they haven't had a lot a lot of, you know, outstanding quarterback matchups. But I'm expecting this, you know, to be uh, a lower scoring game for maybe a half. I don't think there's going to be an explosive game. But how do you sit Andrew Luck here? But, you know, this might be a slug it out kind of game here. So, uh, you know, I don't think... I, like I said with Josh Allen, you know, I don't think there's any situations where I'm going to rank Dak, Dak Prescott uh, high or, any, or anything like that. It, just by default, that I, I'm probably not starting Dak Prescott at all. All right. Fair enough. This will be a very intriguing game. Both of these teams still have something to play for in their respective conferences. When we come back on FST, we continue to dig into the Week 15 games. It's Dane and Scott coming back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. One thing you can't risk oh, oh. in week 15 is for your team to be bad, all right? Like Michael Jackson said, if you're that one or that two seed, you get a bye, and then your team is bad, oh, boy, is it that hollow feeling. 
that Scotty was talking about. But that's okay because you know what, Scott? The NBA is in season. And you can go over to DailyRoto.com because DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS. DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar winners, millions more in cumulative prizes. If you're playing DFS and you're not using their tools and projections, you're just simply doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. So go to DailyRoto.com, click on Go Premium, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and start winning today. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on Go Premium, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount. All right, Scotty, we are back. And listen, I know we got a lot of other games to go through, but I did I want to make one other point quickly on this Dallas indie game, and it's on the indie side. You know, everyone's talking about how, like, Andrew Luck is back. There was a stretch there for two months where I thought he was playing like a fringe MVP candidate. I still think he is. If the, if the Colts get in, I think he will get MVP votes this season. I think the comeback player of the year is locked up for him. I want to ask you, though, about his primary target, T.Y. Hilton. The man had 199 yards last week. I mean, and I think people forget, Scott, you know, two years ago, The last year where Andrew Luck played a full season, T.Y. Hilton led the NFL in receiving yards. Is T.Y. Hilton back to being just like, you know, just straight up, he's a wide receiver one? Yeah, he certainly is. You know, you saw it last week. He was a game-time decision. Yeah. And he had 199 yards. So, uh, you know, that's, you know, it's it's great to see, you know, at this time of year. uh, George Kurtz was telling people on Roto Experts that – that look, you know, a few weeks ago was a good time to trade for him. He mm-hmm. he had started to show that he was recovered from the injuries, and you know Andrew Luck has played terrific. I don't think Andrew Luck gets any real MVP consideration. Was with the Colts being basically being a a 500 team, but he certainly is the comeback player of the year, and it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, but listen, uh, in his MVP votes, you know, the, Drew Brees, I think, is going to win the award. I think deservedly so. You got to figure Mahomes gets some votes. You got to figure yeah, some, he does. Some, some Rams, you know, like Gurley. There's been buzz about a guy like Donald, even though I think that's crazy. But then I do think. It's not crazy. Okay, it's fine. not crazy. You don't the think guy's crazy. been completely dominant. Okay, if you don't think that's crazy, yeah. that's fine. I'll tell you, though, maybe we make a gentleman's bet. I think Philip Rivers and Andrew Luck will get more MVP votes than Aaron Donald. Uh, I don't think Andrew Luck's going to get more MVP votes than Aaron no. Donald. Aaron Aaron Donald's been completely dominant. Yeah, you know, and his, his I don't team even think has he's a much better record. Team. I don't think he's the MVP of his own team, though. Even I, I don't, I don't know. It's well, look, we get into a whole other conversation that I don't want to get into right Fair. now. Where you know, is the vote is for most outstanding award? player right. or is it most valuable player? If you say maybe he's not the most valuable player on his own team, you can make that debate. Will you say he's not the most dominant player on his own team? I don't know that you can't can't make that debate. So that's why I think he would get more votes. If you look at the record of Phillip Rivers, Phillip Rivers will definitely get more MVP consideration than Luck. Team record plays a lot into it, and the Colts, you know, just, what was it, two weeks ago, got shut out by the Jaguars, and they scored no points. You know, that really hurts Andrew Luck's MVP consideration. All right, next game I want to talk about the Green Bay Packers go to Chicago to take on the Bears in a battle of the NFC North. The Bears need this game. And here's my question, though, for you, Scott. How do we play the Packers? Okay, they fire McCarthy. Aaron Rodgers comes out and, you know, in my opinion, kind of wants to, like, prove himself on some level. Remember, because, like, play calling and things of that nature. Uh, I kind of think that Aaron Rodgers is going to try and win this game on his arm. Uh, How do you view Aaron Jones in this one? 
I think to say that about about Aaron Rodgers is speculative. Uh, sure. The Bears are the best team in the NFC, and second overall against quarterbacks, only allowing 13.5 fantasy points per game. This is not the same team and not the same Aaron Rodgers that we saw in week one when he dropped three touchdown passes on the Bears. Aaron Rodgers has been putting up just acceptable fantasy numbers. It is legitimate to say, should I start Josh Allen or Aaron, Aaron Rodgers this week? The matchup is not good, and the way Rodgers is playing, that, you know, you can't just say, you know, the it's not in the past where Rodgers, Rodgers is not matchup proof anymore. He, he's not playing like it. He doesn't have any trustworthy targets outside of Devontae Adams. It's hurting him. And with Aaron Jones, yeah, but, you know, the Bears are tough against the run, too. So, you know, this could be a divisional game. It could be lower scoring. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers is a big risk this week. I think you have to start Aaron Jones, but it maybe he gets in the end zone, but I don't think you'd expect a lot of upside here. Fair enough. So for season long in your playoffs, Aaron Jones is in your lineup. Devontae Adams is in your lineup. And, you know, it, I, it would be Aaron Rodgers hard. is no lock. I know, but it would be very hard to have the stones to sit Aaron Rodgers. You know, if you have Aaron Rodgers in your season-long team, you were one of those people that decided, yeah, I'll spend the fourth-round pick on a quarterback. And now for you to go back on that, it's going to take some stones. It doesn't uh, matter where he's drafted in Week right. 15. I, I understand that. He's Scott. not, not putting up the I'm numbers, making. period. Yes, I, I understand that. That's not the point that I'm actually making. The okay. point that I'm making is that, you know, you're right. It's not a lock, but my how the mighty have fallen. The point I'm making is all the more reason to wait on quarterback. Don't invest in that quarterback at that level in the first place. That's the actual point that I'm making. I understand okay, that. Say, I guess the thing time, I was taking issue with was, and I should have let you finish, uh, is that you so you have the stones to sit to sit Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it takes yeah. a lot of stones to sit Aaron Rodgers right now. No, I, I think that's matchup. fair. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a question of like wow, you know. It's just a kind of, kind of like yeah. wow, how the mighty have fallen. That's that's or not fall, but you know what I mean. That's that's what it gets into for me. Let's Stati- go to another game, Scott, because we don't statistically have much time. the mighty mighty have indeed fallen. Yeah. In so Tennessee. Yeah. Tennessee go to the New York Giants. They're here in New York. Uh, the Giants, I, you know, listen, um, I personally, like Odell decided to, like, was a surprise kind of scratch. That news came out on uh, Saturday. I believe he'll be back at it, ready to go. We know what the Giants are, right? You're going to start Odell Beckham. You're going to start Saquon Barkley. You're going to be very happy about all of them, right? My question for you, honestly, Scott, and here's the, I think a lot of people are going to be wrestling with this. A lot of people had Derrick Henry on their bench last week, Scott, who gave them whatever it was, 47, 49, 50 points, depending on your settings, right? Is it the right move to be reactionary and definitely start uh, uh, Derrick Henry this week? I argue not necessarily, and it's still a function of your other options, the same as it always has been. I'm worried people are just going to be like, oh, and be reactionary and put Derrick Henry in their lineups, and it may not be the right decision, even though I know the Giants are something like 25th against the run. Again, it all depends on what your other options. The Giants 27th against uh, opposing fantasy running backs, so the matchup is good. Uh, But you can't depend on Derrick Henry. You you look at one big game and – a season of about what uh, eleven or a dozen bad ones, and uh, or mediocre ones, and you know you got to look at the full track record. You just can't be reactionary to last week. That said, it's a good matchup, so 
to me, Derrick Henry is worth consideration as a flex play. Okay. Um, remember, especially, let's say, you know, if you got these guys banged up, the Carrion Johnsons, the Spencer Wares, the, 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 the Shady McCoys, the James Connors of the world, you may be forced into interesting situations because of injury. Scotty, next game, because, you know, there's not much else unless you have something tremendous. You know, I, we know about Saquon. We know about Odell. I think everybody else, you know, we kind of know uh, who they are in this one, correct? Yeah, I think you do. I mean, okay. Beckham's been kind of a disappointment from where you drafted him, but he can still put up really good numbers in any given week. Uh, you can't trust Evan Ingram at all. On the other side of the ball, you can't trust Corey Davis. But, uh, you know, he's an interesting start this week. Uh, okay. Other than that, you know, Deion Lewis is not trustworthy either. But okay. you have to figure that some fantasy points are going to be scored here. All right, so maybe you uh, throw a dart and find the right guy. Scotty, the next game is a 36-point total. I think this may be the lowest of this NFL season. The total is 36, and I'm telling you, in my opinion, the number one defense, God bless you, Scott Gesundheit, I hope you are okay, um, the number one defense, in my opinion, for this week, and it's a 36 total, the Jacksonville Jaguars host the Washington football team. Scotty, I know these are two te- I mean, I guess Washington is still in it, right? But it's in Jacksonville, and, you know, Washington is the walking wounded. I think Jacksonville should be able to shut this team down, no? They should be able to. You don't know which Jacksonville's defense is going to show up in any given week, but after being embarrassed, you think they got to show up. They're facing Josh Johnson. Yeah. Both defensive units are a good start here. Really, the only uh, player that you can start with any confidence on either side is Leonard Fournette. you got to figure he bounces back from last week. How about Peterson? What about Peterson? You can't start him with any confidence. You know, the offensive line's banged up. Uh, you know, he was invisible last week. Against a Giants defense that has looked worse much more often. You can't start Adrian Peterson with any confidence at this point. He's got no offensive compliments to challenge the defense. His offensive line is banged up. There's no reason to start Adrian Peterson. Can I ask you something just for clarity so our listeners know moving forward? When you say there's no reason to start Adrian Peterson, does that mean he's going to be outside the top 30 when your ranks come out this week? Very likely. Wow. Okay, one name we didn't bring up yesterday uh, when we were talking about waivers and stuff I want to get your take on. I don't think this is like an incredible play, but I do think it warrants consideration. Jordan Reed went down last week, right, for the Washington football team. Now, for years, for the last couple of years, Scott, Vernon Davis has stepped in when Jordan Reed inevitably gets hurt. And, you know, it's been it's – been, uh, on some level, okay to catch a case of VD and fill in duty for Vernon Davis. Is, uh, is that possible this week? You say there's not really any other options. Could Vernon Davis wind up with, you know, eight, nine targets? He could, well, he could wind up with a decent game. Uh, you know, I'd start him over guys like Kyle Rudolph and Austin Hooper. Okay. All right, so, you know, it depends, right? But I'm just saying you can throw Vernon Davis into that mix of kind of uh, tight ends that you're taking a chance on this week. You know, you mentioned others. Say if like you have to, if you have to take a dart throw, you know, he's, he's one of the better ones, I right. would say. But, you know, yeah. I'm not going to start him over, you know, uh, probably any other top 10 tight end. It, it's, uh, you know, he's, he'll probably fair. just be just outside my top 12 or so. And that's fair. You know, like we've been continuing to say, there's a couple of, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, seven, let's say, guys that I think you. I'd you start him really over David Njoku. About. 
Yeah, and then that's what I'm saying. Then we get into names like this, right? And all I'm saying is that Vernon Davis is one of those names, depending on your options, depending on your league. Some of these guys consider. some of these guys are names and the production doesn't match, like Njoku, yeah. Vance McDonald, Austin Hooper, Evan Ingram. You know, they're names, but it's you know, they're not producing. And people are still popping them into lineups and getting eliminated. Yep. They're almost treating them like kickers. Yep. Oh, goodness. And, you know, listen, I made a bad kicker choice in one of my leagues last week as well. Another game, Scotty, the Atlanta Falcons are nine-point favorites at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Listen, Scott, I mean, I can't really make sense of either of these teams. I think the Atlanta Falcons have a lot of talent on their roster. I really do, both offensively and defensively, to tell you the truth. But they have defecated the mattress this season and underperformed. This was our guy Mike Blewett's Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the season. And when you look at it, Julio's now scoring touchdowns. Ridley has the skill. We know there's other complementary pieces like Sanu and Hooper. Coleman, you know is there as a starting running back but has not impressed with his opportunity. Is there anybody not named Julio that you feel good about on Atlanta? I think Matt Ryan will probably sure. know, give you a good floor this week. Sure. Uh, who's who's going to get the back ball at to? Home though, in the any, any questions out, outside of Julio? You know, Both running backs, you're starting to see Edo Smith uh, outwork Tevin Coleman, so you got to avoid that situation. You can't trust anybody else in the passing game. Calvin Ridley, since week four, has been mostly uh, disappointing, so you can't go with that. Uh, Mohamed Sanu is mediocre, has no upside. You know, same thing for Austin Hooper. So it's really Ryan and Julio and Matt Bryan, and that's it. Yeah. Um, with Matt Ryan, just to clarify, you have him ahead, correct me if I'm wrong, of like, say, the Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen tier level. Is that correct? Slightly ahead, yeah. Okay, so Matt Ryan still maybe uh I'm guessing right now, but you may have him around eight, nine, ten, something like that this week. Uh you know, I still gotta flesh out my ranks, he'd probably be sure. around ten or eleven. Okay, so something like that, yeah. uh, maybe a little bit lower than I quoted just there. Arizona, I think we know, right, Scott? Uh, David Johnson, we're playing. Or are we playing? We're playing Larry Fitzgerald. He's, uh, you know, he's bounced back a little bit since uh, Byron Leftwich has been the offensive coordinator. I think they're focusing and getting him the ball a little I think bit. He's more. only had three games above fifty yards this year. So, you know, Fitzgerald, the matchup is good, but you got to hope he gets in the end zone. Otherwise, you're mm. not, not going to get too productive of a day. David Johnson, you know, total yards last week were disgusting. It's uh, you know, you'll still employ Johnson as an RB two here, I think. Uh, and Fitzgerald is a borderline wide receiver three, but you can't have had confidence in anybody on the Arizona side of the ball. I yeah, mean, I mean, you're starting here, David Josh, Johnson, Josh, right? You're starting David Johnson, but you're not feeling good about it after last week. All right. Um, here's the thing that I wanted. I was just counting, Scott. You know, because you know what's interesting. If you were just dropped down on Earth as an alien and only listened to the way people talked about David Johnson this year, you would have thought that he was a complete bust. You know. But I look, and right now in PPR scoring, David Johnson is RB twelve, um, which is you know inside RB one territory, and he was probably drafted as like to be RB3 or 4. And so, yeah, right. he's underperformed, you know. But it's not as bad as people have been talking about. Like, the guy has still returned, you know, over 200 points. He scored more than Joe Mixon this year. 
you know, um, more than Nick Chubb this year, you know, stuff like that. And I, yeah, and but that, I just, that's not fair because Nick Chubb hasn't started all year. Fine, but what I'm saying is that the, the, I think that the view of David Johnson is also not fair. I think when you, you, you got to put it in perspective, when you say the word bust, that means, you know, he's just like been a, a huge flop. And I don't think he has been. And that's what I'm uh, saying. Yeah. That he but hasn't been a you flop. Can't, you, 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 you can't, he hasn't been a flop, but he's certainly been a disappointment. You can't, I don't think you can say that he's, he's not disappointing because he has been because people drafted him in the top two, top three. And, you know, right now he's performing like fantasy, like RB 13, 14. So probably 10 spots about, about where you expect it. He's not a complete bust. And he hasn't gotten injured or anything like that, but he certainly disappointed people. Yeah, and I think that's true. He has disappointed, but I just think the hate went a little bit too far on David Johnson. You know, if you drafted David Johnson as your first-round pick, you drafted him to be an RB1. And at number 12 overall, at RB12, he is an RB1. I know he's underperformed, and I agree, but I just think, like you said, the, the, I think that the, the narrative out there is that he has been a bust or a flop, and I don't really think that that's warranted. I think he's maybe No, under, but you know, when, I can't just look at it and say but, he's RB12 because, again, with like Chubb and Aaron Jones, I'd rather have them right now. And, you know, so he's almost like RB15, 16, you know, that you, you put them in every week. And, you know, that game against KC really distorted the overall numbers, too. Yeah, but you also say it all the time with other people, Scott. Like, the numbers are what they are. They got those points, you know. But I digress. You know, draft them next year. We'll come on back and talk some more after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, Speed, the spitting statistician, and the king, Scott Angle. And I want to tell you, Scott, if you like to wager on sports, or if you just want to try, go to BetDSI. they got wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize DFS skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI as well, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest. There are so many ways to make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up. You'll get a 100% bonus deposit match. Once you've opened your account, go to DailyRoto.com, click on Contact Us, and send us your BetDSI username. We'll give you one month of Daily Roto access totally free. That's access to all the sports, the tools, and the optimizers. Go to BetDSI. Use the promo code FNTSY101 and then go on over and get your free monthly membership at DailyRoto.com. 
Com. All right, there's Scotty. Here's what I got to do. We got to talk at least two more very important games that, to be quite honest, I think a lot of people over at BetDSI are going to have some action on. The Pittsburgh Steelers are home dogs in like their annual regular season rivalry with the New England Patriots. The Steelers are plus one and a half at home against the Patriots. We already know that the big issue here is will James Conner get back and what that means for Jalen Samuels, things of that nature. Here's my narrative, Scott. What I saw with Jalen Samuels last week, you know, he was fine in the PPR format, but just because I think he got caught like five or six balls, he was not, in my opinion, able to effectively run the ball. The Steelers' run game takes a hit. And so I wonder, does that boost up Big Ben in this matchup and secondary options that are not named Brown and Juju? For example, a guy like Vance McDonald. If, for example, Big Ben normally puts it up 35 times and we're going to see it maybe because of no running game and a shootout with New England 45 times, is there anybody that may be a beneficiary of extra uh, work in the pass game? Yeah, probably Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster. You think it just still uh, goes to them? Yeah, it's like you never know when it's going to be Vance McDonald or Jesse James at tight end. You can't depend on it. You know, maybe you take a shot in DFS, but certainly not in seasonal. And it could mean a lot of receptions for Jalen Samuels. That said, inside injuries on RotoExperts.com this morning, they're very concerned about uh, – you know, about Roethlisberger's rib injury. The ribs. And that, uh, you know, that he may not be able to play at 100%. But then again, we've seen Ben Roethlisberger he's gonna play, not play at 100%. 100% right. He's going to play. You know, yeah. I, I, I stick him in there. You know, he's still, you know, one of my top seven fantasy quarterbacks or so this week. Okay, so, uh, Scotty, in my big-time uh, home league dynasty, it is a super flex league. I have three quarterbacks on my roster right now. Patty Mahomes, who's definitely I'm starting. Big Ben. And then I have Jameis Winston. Am I starting am I starting Ben over Jameis? I think so. I just the with Jameis Winston, Winston, like we talk about like everybody talks about all the upside every week. It's been like two touchdown passes every week. Right. Roethlisberger is a better fantasy quarterback. Cool. Um, in a game that I expect to be, you know, kind of back and forth, you know, we talk about game script and game flow all the time, Scotty. I'm a little bit worried. I told you another guy that I have is my guy, the stereotype, Sony Michelle. Should I be worried, Scott, that this game, I think, may profile as more of a James White game than a Sony Michelle game for the Pats? Yeah, I think realistically it has to be. The Steelers are uh, right. six best against opposing running backs, although they have allowed rushing touchdowns in six consecutive games and mm. eight of their last nine, but you never know James Devlin is going to get it. I know. This has really started to piss me off, Scotty. James Devlin so has excited. six carries this year and four for touchdowns. He has vultured so many touchdowns for my man, the stereotype. And if it happens to me in week 15, and because I have no on Johnson, no James Conner, no Spencer Ware, and I'm relying on the stereotype Sony Michelle, and he defecates the mattress for me, and James Devlin vultures a touchdown, you're going to hear me at this tone of voice on Monday. All right, Scott? Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Um, get my let's go to another game. Yeah, I'm just telling you. I'm giving you and the entire Fantasy Sports Radio Network advance warning if that's what defecates the mattress and makes me one of those, like you said, quote-unquote, hollow teams that's dominant and the one seed all year, and then I trip up in the fantasy semifinals. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is it going to be a problem? One game left that I want to definitely talk about today, Scotty, and it is Sunday night football. The f- defending champion, Philadelphia Eagles, go to Los Angeles to take on this year's Vegas favorite, 
favorite to take the title from them, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Scotty, talk to me about the Philadelphia pass catchers. You know, I've been intrigued how, like, Alshon Jeffrey has kind of really decreased just as Golden Tate has gotten more and more in this offense. Is there a correlation to their production, in your opinion? Tate did nothing last week and, uh, you know, did something the week before. So uh, Tate's not in the flow of it. And, you know, Jeffrey hasn't been trustworthy. Uh, you can't really rely on anybody in, the, in this offense. You know, Carson Wentz has been very underwhelming. Whoa, He's whoa, 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 whoa. You can definitely rely on Zach Ertz. Well, I was about to get there. Oh, okay. Well, I thought so you said you can't talking, rely on anybody. I was like, okay. Well, I'm talking ahead, about the wide receivers, though. Okay. You okay. Know, about, outside of Jack, Zach Ertz, is nobody can rely on this offense. It looks like a good matchup, so Jeffrey's a, a wide receiver three play. Uh, if they can establish the run and play some keep away, Josh Adams could have a decent day. Uh, but you know, Golden Tate is playing like he's not rosterable right now. And you listen, you talk about like Golden Tate not playing well. I go right back to the well here, Scotty, on Darren Sproles. I think really, I, I listen, maybe this is just my like diamond in the rough kind of pick for this week. But to your point, you know, Tate hasn't necessarily caught on yet. And they're playing the Rams. This is, you know, the total is in the 50s. I think in PPR formats, Darren Sproles is going to be a viable flex play. Uh, I would say I can't use him with any confidence in a seasonal league because. There's never a floor with Darren Sproles. Sure, there's hmm. some upside there, but uh, you know if they stick in the game, you know how much how much is he going to be involved there? It's like I I can't I can't use Darren Sproles with any confidence. You know he's okay. the numbers really haven't been there this year. He's he's been oh, hurt he's missed a lot of time. Yeah, he's been, he's missed a lot of time, etc. Can you really start Darren Sproles with any confidence in a seasonal league? I don't think he can. No, I hear you, but, you know, there's also some formats where you can't make any more moves, and you may have just lost, like, I don't know, LaShawn McCoy or something like that. You know, you may have Spencer Ware not go, something like that. I understand you can't have I'm not saying he's useless. I'm saying you, you, gotta, you, can't, yep. you can't use him with confidence. Fair enough. Um, on the Los Angeles side, listen, I know you want to get pieces of this offense whenever you possibly can. We know Goff. We know Gurley. We know Woods. We know Cooks. My question is on Josh Reynolds, Scott. Uh, where do you have Josh Reynolds vis-a-vis, say – Robert Foster, Tim Patrick, that sort of tier that we've been talking about. Is Josh Reynolds above that because the Rams' offense is that more, much more dynamic? You figure they're going to bounce back in a big way. The Eagles are right. second worst. They're going to score more than six wide receivers. <laughs> uh, they, they allow 42.6 points per game. So you've got to feel good about Goff and all his wide receivers. You've got to consider Josh Reynolds to bounce back as a flex play this week and have a good shot to get in the end zone. All right. Uh, so, listen, I, I agree with that. And in, in a league that Mike Blewett and I managed together, we do have Josh Reynolds, and we will be starting him, I think, in our semifinal matchup against our boy, one of my best friends forever, Roto Frank, out there. Scotty, um, you know, we didn't touch about Seattle, San Francisco. I know we only have a couple of minutes, but let me ask you something. You talked, we were talking earlier about, like, the tight ends, and you mentioned that, like, Cook would be sixth. You said the big three, then you said Ebron, then you said Samuels. Is Kittle part of the big three? Oh, yeah, Or is definitely. Gronk part of the big three? No, Gronk's not part of the big three. Okay, so Cook, uh, am I right? Kittle. Oh, Gronk. Who's Gronk the guy who had a 200-yard game anymore. last week? It's, no, Fair it's enough. So, but then you do have Gronk over Cook, right? Because you said then the big three, you said Samuels and Ebron would be the only people. So, but big three got to be Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle. Then okay. I probably go, I probably go Gronk. Ebron after that. Then, uh, then Samuels and then uh, Gronk. Then it then it comes down to Gronk and Cook, 
And wow. uh, Gronk looked look better last week, but Cook has played better overall this year. Doesn't Gronk uh, own the Steelers? Doesn't Gronk own the Steelers, uh, Scott? Yes. Yes, and the Patriots do own the Steelers. So I'm probably going to give it a slight nod to Gronk. Okay. But it's not Yeah, I do dunk. think Gronk needs to be uh, considered there for sure. But listen, I mentioned that because, you know, George Kittle, impressive, right? We know about the 49ers. Talk to me, though, Scotty. Listen, Russell Wilson completed 10 passes in a win. How are you playing these pass catchers? Are you, I, I guess Tyler Lockett, are you confident? Because doesn't he kind of need oh, that 45-yard yes. touchdown? Doesn't he need that yeah, big but he touchdown, gets it. though, outside of it? But he gets it. He's, he's got nine touchdowns this year. He's touchdown dependent in a good way. And two weeks ago against the 49ers, Wilson on like 11 attempts through four touchdown passes, and he can do it again to this defense. Just avoid Richard Sherman. Hmm. I know they're not in the same position, but in these touchdown dependent, I want one word out of you, Scott. Who are you more confident will score a touchdown, Lockett or Brait? I'm going to go Lockett for this week. And by the way, Dante Pettis has four touchdown receptions in his last three games. Oh, wow. All right, so Pettis could be someone to and keep still an eye on. still less than 20% well. of leagues. Interesting. So yet another name out there. If you are on the waiver wire, you know, if, you've, uh, if you don't have confidence in some of your guys or uh, if we get bad news on someone, you know, in these injury reports, we'll break it all down tomorrow and we'll preview a huge AFC matchup. We'll know a little bit more insight on who's even playing for the Chargers and Chiefs come tomorrow. But, Scotty, you have a great fantasy day. The morning after is up next here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.